0: What's up, guys? Brendan Boylan here, host of the Who Dat Discussion podcast. You can follow all of my other New Orleans Saints work with the Saints News Network over at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. Before we jump into our week four recap of the Saints and Giants, I just wanted to take a second to thank all of you um, who have supported me since I took over the podcast uh, this season. You're looking at a 70 percent increase last month in terms of listens and downloads and just you guys hanging out with me. That means so much. And before we jumped on today, I got a chance to look at just October. I know it's a small sample size, but 175% increase in listens and downloads. I'm so happy you guys are enjoying the content that I'm putting out Uh, and also just coming back week in and week out to hear my opinions on the team. It's just uh, really cool. I'm really thankful. I also want to just give a quick shout out to anybody that's Watched the documentary that I was a part of, The Dancing Bulldogs, 16 uh, Seeds Journey to the NCAA Tournament. You can find that documentary over on YouTube. Um, I know that Andrew promoted that a lot while I was guesting on his podcast before I even became the host. So I know you guys have heard it time and time again, but I wanted to say thank you guys as we found out today um, that we were named Best in Show at the Triumphant Film Series in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, just so thankful for all the support you guys have shown. And, of course, super thankful to bring another trophy home. But we do have some Saints news to talk about. Uh, a couple releases today from the team. Also, like I said before, we want to talk about that week four loss to the New York Giants. Joining me today is a familiar face to me. Uh, he worked with me over at the Saints News Network last season uh, but this guy's uber talented he knows talent all over he's worked with major league baseball scouts uh, he scouted the cape cod which is the best of the best of college baseball summer leagues i have joe mcguan he's joining me after the intro so let's hit it all things new orleans saints this is who that discussion
1: who dat? Who dat?
0: Powered by Overtime Media. Alright guys, hey, as Brandon. I said, Joe McGowan joining us here today. What's up, Joe? I know the weather out there in California has got to be gorgeous, man. I know for you, you just spent the summer out in Massachusetts looking at a ton of college baseball players. A lot of guys that end up getting drafted. So uh, I know you're ready to turn your focus back to football Uh, a little bit but tell us about the Cali weather tell us about what you were able to do over the summer in the Cape Cod and, and just kind of introduce yourself to all the people that don't already have the privilege of knowing you
1: sounds good first and foremost thanks Brendan I appreciate you having me on always a pleasure to talk Saints football and get to chat with you it's always a fun time uh, but for the most part, 75 out here in uh, Los Angeles, California, can't, uh, can't hit on the weather today. It's a beautiful day, not too hot, not too cold. Um, I can't even tell if we're getting into winter yet, to be honest. Uh, we're still having 90 degrees, random days. But besides that, can never hate on the California weather. But yeah, man, you're right. Um, I was out uh, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, working with the Cape Cod Baseball League as one of the team's um, scout liaison. I Got to meet a lot of great people. Got to, lead a, got to meet a lot of great scouts um, with, from all different major league baseball organizations. Um, got to learn the ins and outs of scouting talent um, on a 2080 scale basis. Uh, learned a lot, man. It was a great experience. Um, you know, got to talk a lot of baseball and watch a lot of baseball all summer. You know, it uh, was a fun time, and I'm grateful for the experience.
0: Like I said, guys, Joe just has an eye for talent. He was so good when he was working with me over at Saints News. Obviously, I know he's going to be doing some big things. Definitely watch for his name uh, as he rises through um, some of the top-tier scouts in baseball. I know that's the hope. Uh, But, Joe, let's talk some New Orleans Saints. Let's talk Week 4. I feel like New Orleans Saints fans have seen a different Saints team every week. Obviously, Week 1. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot to complain about in week one. You go and you blow out a team that a lot of people expected to be uh, contenders in the NFC, contenders for the Super Bowl, certainly uh, contenders to win the NFC North yet again. uh, You go and you play nearly flawless football on both sides. Then you go and you lay an egg in my backyard in Charlotte, uh, losing to the Panthers and what was the worst offensive performance in the Sean Payton era in terms of yardage. You go out, and you win uh, not a pretty game up in New England and Foxborough. But listen, even without Tom Brady, Foxborough is a difficult place to play. Saints defense was on point, um, collecting three interceptions, one ran back for a touchdown, and the offense did just enough, right? And then you get to last week where uh, I, I – let's just quote my own article from earlier today about last week's game. And this is what I said. Uh, headed into week four, New Orleans' defense was viewed as the strongest unit of the team, which is much different than normal in Sean Payton's 16-year tenure as head coach. In two victories, the Saints' defense proved that the team could rely on them to make plays and keep them in the game. However, in two losses, it has shown that they cannot do it alone, and they need the offense to score. Sunday's, In Sunday's case, it was... They need to close out games. Fans need to be honest with themselves. There is no reason New Orleans should have dropped Sunday's contest, and though the defense allowed multiple big plays and could not find a stop late in the fourth, it still is one of the better defenses in football. The bigger concern is the offense that was unable to capitalize despite spending majority of the game in the opponent's half of the field Joe that was my takeaway one of my three takeaways from Sunday's action um obviously in this case I'm a little bit more disappointed in the offensive showing and maybe have a little bit more um sympathy for the defense how did you see Sunday uh from your seat from your point of view
1: yeah Uh, so when it comes to Saints football you really never know what you're gonna get um and especially in these times. But Sunday for me, uh, honestly, you know, um, slow start to the offense. Um, you know, our defense was holding up for a while. Uh, gave up a couple big plays uh, in the first half, but nothing too crazy. We were saved by a missed field goal. We also had a missed field goal ourselves from 58 yards out. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the third, third missed field goal in uh, two games. So, um, but besides that, yeah, the offense was very slow. Um, they picked it up in the second half. But I mean, the, I think the question is on offense: is you got to get the ball moving. Uh, a lot of the times we scored, like for example, against the Packers in Week One, with the Saints were already set up in the red zone. Uh, Jameis Winston didn't have to do that; um, didn't have to do that much driving. But uh, you know, I think this offense misses Michael Thomas. It uh, misses another leader besides Alvin Kamara, um, as being as your best offensive weapon. And with that being said, you know, Alvin. Alvin didn't even. Alvin didn't get one reception. I think that was the first time in his career he didn't record uh, a single reception in a game. You know, have to get that guy involved. Uh, I know the defense game plan for him, but he's too talented not to be involved. Uh, he had 120 yards on the ground, which is phenomenal. I think it's his fourth, uh, fourth hundred yard rushing and second hundred yard rush game against the Giants. So. Um, yeah, I mean, sloppy sloppy on both sides of the ball in the second half. Uh, we were able to put up points. Defense couldn't contain the Giants. Blown coverage against uh, um, Saquon Barkley on that big play, you know, that kind of took the momentum, I think, out of the Saints. I think that was the game changer um, when Saquon scored on that touchdown um, to put uh, the Giants eventually – to put them up to, – to get them up to 18 points and be down by three going late into the fourth. So, um, yeah, it's not uh, – I do like the defense still. Uh, Have some sympathy for me. I think uh, from me, Um, I do think they are still a top tier defense in the NFL. Got some guys coming back um, soon, but uh, I think to me, it's more of a question of the offense and uh, really how to get it going, how to get a faster start, and uh, to the old Saints that we know that we used to know.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up the missed field goal uh, from 58 by. Aldrich Roas uh, some news today. We're recording this Tuesday evening. Roas has been released by the new Orleans saints. He made one of four field goal attempts and connected on all 13 of his extra point attempts in his short stint in new Orleans. But those three misses over the last two weeks uh, was the nail in the coffin for Roas's time in the black and gold. New Orleans has signed Cody Parkey to a contract most famous for the double doink uh, just a few years ago in the playoffs. But New Orleans, not sure when they're going to get Will Lutz back. Obviously, when you have a muscle injury like that, particularly on a kicker, the worst thing you can do is rush him back. But, Joe, to your points about the offense, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think the, the one thing I took away from Alvin Kamara's performance, as you mentioned, the first time in his career, he didn't record a, um, a target in a game. The one thing I take away from that is, and you, you alluded to it, it's defenses are able to hone in on Alvin Kamara because he's the best player on the offensive side of the football for the New Orleans Saints and is one of the top running backs in the league. Uh, as of today, sixth in the NFL in rushing yards, which is something you don't typically see from Alvin Kamara because, while well, those reception numbers are typically a lot higher. He only has 10 receptions on the year. Uh, at this point, but I think a lot of it falls back on the play calling. Uh, obviously, in the Giants game, there's a little asterisk there because Tony Jones Jr. gets knocked out. He gets carted off. We expect him to be out for um, a long period of time. And the New Orleans Saints didn't really carry a third running back. They had Dwayne Washington Jr., but he's really on the team because of his value on special teams. And you have Ty Montgomery, who I just feel bad for at this point because he, is he a running back? Is he a receiver? I thought. This offseason that he finally was able to fully transition back into wide receiver, but now he's getting snaps as a running back because of this and that. And I know a lot of the Houdet Nation has, uh, has called for the Saints to hit up Houston and try to make a move to bring Mark Ingram back. I think a lot of people would be totally okay with that. At this point, I just don't think that's going to happen. So there is a little asterisk because you really had to rely on Kamara to run the football, and the Saints certainly did rely on Taysom Hill to run the football. Um, in the game as well. But you have to find ways to get the guy in the football. You know, I talked about it with Bob Rose on the pregame show with Saints News Network on Sunday morning was the Giants were without their best linebacker, Blake Martinez, who was injured in the previous game. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. What I said was he's the most underrated tackling linebacker in all the football, and he had enough uh, speed and, and uh, certainly momentum to not keep up with Alvin Kamara, but maybe contain him a little bit. And the Saints weren't able to take advantage of any opportunity that Kamara had isolated on a linebacker or a safety, which we were so used to seeing um, with Drew Brees at the helm. And that's not a knock on Jameis Winston as well. I think Jameis Winston personally, from start to finish, probably had his best game as a Saint. I know that's crazy to say considering he had five touchdowns and no interceptions in week one. But I think from start to finish, Jameis had his best game as a Saint and you have to also include, in the moment that I felt really changed the complexion of the game, it was these two plays um, that happened back-to-back. The touchdown that was called back, James Winston to Kenny Stills for over 50 yards called back because of an Adam Troutman holding call. I mean, you, you could see there some of the things we saw in the preseason that made analysts and Saints fans go, wow, maybe this is what was missing. You know, you could even go back to week one, that deep ball touchdown to Deontay Harris. Maybe this is what the Saints offense has been missing, is that deep ball threat. And then obviously the next play, Taysom Hill comes in and runs something very similar and throws an interception, just under-throwing Deontay Harris. I think that's where the game changed. But there hasn't been enough of moving the chess piece of Alvin Kamara around, especially in a year where you don't have Michael Thomas, you don't have Traquan Smith, there's not a lot of experience at wide receiver. Uh, there's been so much struggle in getting separation from the wide receiver position. You would expect the Saints to be able to pop out Camara into the slot or use him out of the backfield effectively in some in some swing routes and some screens, uh, what I call extended handoffs. You know those swings and those screens to Kamara. but they haven't been able to do that. And I don't think it's the Saints have tried it and have failed at it. And certainly with no targets. In the last game, it shows that it's not that the Saints tried it and failed it. It's that they didn't even try it. And we'll transition into the next point, and something you and I talked about before we started recording is, along with Sean Payton's questionable play calling through the first four games of the season and how much we're not seeing Kamara part of the passing game, is it also the fact that maybe Sean doesn't fully trust Jameis Winston, I know that's something that plenty of fans and plenty of people on Saints Twitter have certainly suggested. What are your thoughts on that, Joe? Does Sean not trust Jameis Winston?
1: So that's a good point. I feel like a lot of people can argue uh, that he does and he doesn't. Um, To my opinion, uh, that Taysom Hill interception, um, I I mean, the play call in general, to me, to my opinion is it was kind of unnecessary. Um, I feel like you have Jameis Winston in there to throw the football, let Taysom Hill run the football as he did well in in the first, uh, in the second half of that game. Um, I, I just don't understand it. Like I understand the trickery and trying to get uh, Taysom Hill more involved because he's a phenomenal player, a phenomenal athlete, um, to be exact, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure, you know, uh, I think you got to let Jameis Winston do his thing. You got to let him sl- uh, sl- uh, sling it deep, um, and yeah, that's what the Saints are missing—that deep ball. And I think Jameis Winston has it. I don't think uh, brutally honest, I don't think Taysom Hill has that deep. Uh, that deep. Um, I mean, that strong arm in him. But yeah, you can you can question his play calling to come back to trusting Jameis Winston if and if he trusts him to make the right throws and the right decisions. As um, you know, it's kind of been questionable in the past, but in my opinion, you got to stick with, uh, you got to stick with the guy that you chose and, you know, ride or die with him, or, or if not, you need to make a change. But I think Jameis Winston is still the guy. And I think he, uh, needs to let him stay on the field, the majority of the game and get this offense rolling. Cause he's at the, he's the helm of the offense. You know, the players look to him, um, as like a captain on the offense and, you know, um, you gotta let him do his thing. You can't, you can't be taking him out at crucial points in the game. Um, you know, we're not up by too much when that interception was thrown and it's a game changer, you know, it's a game. Ch- I mean, uh, sorry, momentum changer. And that instinct when uh, New York intercepted that pass. So, um, yeah, you could argue that he doesn't trust him. So I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens in the neck, uh, going forward and to see if, uh, Sean Payton just utilizes James's arm talent a little bit more. But, um, like I said, we need a we need Michael Thomas uh, back on that offense to maybe open up some more possibilities for the deep ball uh, to, pop, to possibly um, Deontay Harris. Well,
0: I think having Michael Thomas back and Traquan Smith will do wonders for the Saints offense. I think the one thing that has been eye-opening to me, and if you listen to what Jameis had said throughout the offseason and the multiple interviews he did, and I have to applaud Jameis as I have multiple times on this podcast and in my, in my writing and, and videos that I've done for Sports Illustrated and Saints News Network is that Jameis sounds like a completely different human being. Uh, you just listen to him speak and, and how thoughtful and careful and intellectual he is with his choice of words. I'm just so impressed with, with Jameis this off season. It ma- makes him a very, I mean, he's already a very likable guy, but you add that to it, he becomes an even more, likable human being and one thing Jameis said this offseason is part of the plan was to make him more of a game manager than a gunslinger which I can understand you know you want to you want to keep those interceptions down and yes the numbers are actually pretty good for Jameis this season eight touchdowns to two interceptions Uh, top five or top six in quarterback rating so far this season total QBR I mean, all those things should point to the Saints winning football games, and they haven't, and I think some of that is the fact that this last game against the Giants, Jameis attempted his most the most passes he has of any game this season for a whopping 23 passing attempts, which Joe would have been unheard of in the Drew Brees era. How many times, and given the defense was, let's just, we can put it politely or we can put it brutally honest, uh, the, the defenses were atrociously terrible. Uh, atrociously awful garbage. I mean, you can throw any adjective you want. In some of those years that Drew Brees was, was slinging the ball 50 times a game, and that's the reason that he was. But even in the latter years of Drew Brees, where the arm strength clearly declined, can I could probably count the amount of games on one hand in a single season that Drew threw less than 25 times in a game. And that's just because of how the offense was designed. I know the offense was designed and tailored for Drew by Drew and Sean Payton and the trust that they built over 15 years. But you would expect a guy like Sean Payton in the offensive mind that he is to play to the strengths of his quarterback. And right now, I feel like there are training wheels on Jameis Winston. And yes, it's going to help tremendously to have Traquan and Michael Thomas back. Why? Because there's going to be attention towards Michael Thomas, which is going to open it up for literally everybody else. And listen, if they put all their attention on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, that leaves lots of the field open for other guys to make plays that we know are very capable of making plays. I mean, look at Jawan Johnson, the season that he's had. Uh, Not a whole lot of catches, only six catches on the year, but three for touchdowns. Uh, Adam Troutman, disappointing year, but we've seen on tape the potential that he has. Marquez Callaway, incredible, incredible preseason. Ranked number one by pro football focus of all offensive players. Now imagine if Marquez Callaway is not getting the top defensive back on the other team, but rather he's getting the second. And there's a lot of attention, there's safety help over the top for Mike Thomas or what have you. It's going to help a lot, but you have to cut it loose. That's what Drew said last year, right? Turn it loose a little bit. Let's turn it loose. Let's turn Jameis loose. Because we know what Jameis Winston can do. And at some point, for the fans' sake, I think the fans would rather see Jameis Winston have full ability to just sling the ball wherever he wants and live with the interceptions than watch a spectacular arm talent almost wasted to be more of an Alex Smith game manager. And I adore Alex Smith. I think he was a great quarterback for a long time, but Jameis Winston's arm talent, much higher than Alex Smith. Just like you wouldn't ask Alex Smith to play a season like Jameis did in his Tampa Bay days. You wouldn't ask Jameis to play in Alex Smith's season in his Washington days, right? Just some food for thought. Well, before we continue our conversation, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Well, Joe, we have about 10 minutes left to talk about the New Orleans Saints and, they're lost to the Giants. I think there's a lot of frustration for a lot of fans. Uh, the one thing I'll ask you, though, is we both said we had a little bit of sympathy towards the defense in this last game, especially in a game where the Giants just possessed the ball a lot down the stretch. They hit on some big plays. You, you mentioned the busted coverage on the Saquon Barkley touchdown, and they gave up over 400 passing yards. A lot of people would say it's pretty, pretty hard to be sympathetic on a defense that... Allowed all that to happen, but I'm sympathetic because the offense wasn't able to finish drives. So, for the people that are worried about the defense, I said in my article, in my three takeaways article over on si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints, and you can read that whole thing if you want to. I said in there that the Saints still have potentially a top five defense in the NFL. What would you say to fans that question uh, the Saints' defense? And do you question the Saints' defense after four weeks?
1: So I do not question the Saints defense after four weeks. First of all, it's only four weeks. Uh, we're dealing with some injuries, but you got to look at the bright side of this uh, the bright side of it. Um, you have the chance to get Ken Crawley back, Quan Alexander, who was phenomenal in week one, and you get Marcus Davenport who also had a huge impact in week one. and you know some of those you know, let, let's say we had those guys uh, week four against New York. Um, you know, you get more, uh, quarterback pressures, which may, which might not result into those big, deep, uh, big, deep plays, you know, or the blown coverage. Um, you know, you gets to the quarterback is a huge thing in, in the NFL and you gotta be able to get to the quarterback to win games, to get turnovers, to get sacks, to force incompletions, all that stuff. So I think the, I think our defense, I think New Orleans' defense is, um, on the right track. Uh, Paulson Adebo is playing, you know, better than anybody expected, uh, to this point and, um, I think Bradley Roby is getting on track to becoming um, um, more familiar with, with our defense. And, you know, it's not too long before he's getting his, um, getting his share of snaps and Ken Crawley comes back as well. So I wouldn't be too stressed out about the defense uh, more, a little concerned about the offense. Um, and yeah, I think that's plain and simple, you know, I'm like, I said, you know, uh, getting those, we getting those, we're getting those players back from injury on the defensive side of the football and, I think that'll help us out a lot. Um, I think there was just a breakdown at the end of the New York game. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if the offense scores more points, you know, the defense, you know, it, everybody's going to have some mistakes, but, you know, the defense, um, you know, might not have to – how much – how do I say this? Uh, you know, that we can afford – you know, we would have scored more than 21 points, so the defense let up um, um, those last two touchdowns in the game, especially in overtime, but um, – yeah, I think, I think uh, we have a little bit more to worry about the offense, but I think the defense is uh, in solid hands. I think Dennis Allen is doing a, a phenomenal job, and I'm actually excited to see where this defense takes us this year because I think they're the better side of the football going forward.
0: Well, like I said, something a little different than the last 15 years uh, under Sean Payton. You're used to saying, well, the offense is clearly the strong side of the football. The Saints' defense ranks towards the top of the league and the top five of the league in, in most defensive categories. But maybe the biggest concern, Joe, is that the New Orleans Saints are dead last in sack rate this season. A lot of people disappointed in the play of Cameron Jordan. I've backed him so far this season saying, look at the hurries. Look at the double teams he deals with. Look at everything that he deals with. Look at how good he is against the run. Uh, But people's patience are becoming very thin of what looks to be a declining Cameron Jordan. I still think he's a vital piece of this New Orleans Saints team, uh, despite the sack numbers not being there this year. And frankly, last year as well, he only had six sacks. What's your opinion? What do you think so far on Cameron Jordan? Are you with the side that are saying, hey, well, let's look at all the good things he does? Are you on that side of like, Cam's declining rapidly and this is becoming a problem?
1: <clears throat> to point out what you said, you know, looking at the double teams, the hurries and he's good against the run, you know, those are all positives, but there is, you know, something that has to be addressed with the sack rate and um, he has to get to the quarterback better. Um, you know, he's a strong defender. He's been a top, he's been New Orleans's top uh, defensive end for the last how however many years. And, uh, you know, he can provide a lot to the defense. So I'm not ready to jump on ships saying that he is declining, but, um, I'm a little curious into why he, you know, hasn't been producing this season and uh, sort of last season, but, um, you know, I guess he's going to be a name that we're going to be watching all season to see, you know, if he can, uh, you know, keep it up, uh, like he did in the recent years, you know, being New Orleans' top defender, but, um, hopefully we get some help from Peyton Turner on the other side as well as Marcus Davenport. So, um, maybe when our defense and, and we get David on back um, sooner than later. So hopefully, uh, he can help with the defensive line as well. And maybe Cam Jordan will start producing more sacks. But as of right now, I'm not too sold on Cam uh, Cam declining. So like I said, it's something we have to watch throughout the season. And I'm with you. Um, I'm, I got his back, and I think he's going to continue to do great things. And, I you know, I hope we're right about that. But,
0: yeah. Well, some breaking news. The New Orleans Saints have signed running back Divine ozigbo it's his second stint in New Orleans. He signed with the team as an undrafted free agent in 2019. He comes back to New Orleans off of the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad. That tells me that the Saints expect Tony Jones Jr. to miss some time, some extended time uh, with an injury that carted him off in week four. Well, Joe, final few minutes that we have you on here. Uh, Let's look ahead a little bit Just a little bit. Can't give away a full preview. That's going to be later in the week. But let's look ahead to week five against the Washington football team. The last time these two teams met, it was a historic day back in 2018. Drew Brees inside of the Superdome breaks the single or rather all-time passing yards mark that was recently broken by Tom Brady. Uh, But this is a different Washington football team. This is a different New Orleans Saints team Give me three quick things that the saints need to do, uh, in week five to come out victorious and head into the bye week at three and two.
1: Let's see. Quick three things, um, play well against the run. Don't let, um, you know, defend, um, uh, Antonio Gibson in the past game and in the run game, because he's very versatile. Um, he can be good in open field. So defend him. Well, um, Offense needs to get rolling. Uh, We need to take advantage of. New Orleans needs to take advantage of the injuries to both sides of the football. Line, you know, getting those quarterback hurries and, uh, you know, make you know make Terry McLaurin force the ball. I mean, sorry, Taylor Heineke force the ball to Terry McLaurin, and maybe we can come out uh, with some turnovers on that um, on the on the defensive side of the ball. But I think the injuries are going to be a key thing to look for this. This coming week, um, New Orleans has some players returning, and Washington has some players actually going um, out to injury. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be an interesting matchup, but I do think the key is to defend Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin well, and our offense needs to get it going.
0: Yeah, some big injuries for the Washington football team, including starters on the offensive line, starters to the secondary, um, and some injuries that will keep... Those guys out for potentially the remainder of the season. I'm with you on some of those things. I think the biggest thing is Heineke is, uh, first off, a great story. A guy that came from the XFL, obviously, had that tremendous playoff game against Tampa Bay last season, nearly leading Washington to a victory. And I mean, he's dangerous with his arm, he's dangerous with his legs. I think the Saints are going to have their hands full, but. Like you said, you got to take advantage, especially when a team is missing multiple starters on both sides of the football. Well, Joe, before we let you go, I mentioned that you do a whole lot, uh, whether it's Saints News Network, whether you're scouting Major League Baseball. I know you're excited for uh, some of these playoff games coming up uh, across Major League Baseball. So i got to get a prediction from you. Uh, who are your World Series teams? And then after that, how can everybody follow you on the world wide web?
1: That's a good, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure, but you know, uh, if I had to make a choice right now um, I would say the Tampa Bay Rays will be, will be representing the, um, the American league and I'm going to have to go with the San Francisco giants re- representing the, um, the national league. Um, and if you want a sleeper, you want a, a sleeper pick in there i would uh, say the chicago white Sox. i do think they have the talent to take it all the way um but there's a lot of good teams uh in this in this postseason so it's going to be a fun time to uh it's going to be a fun thing to watch and um we'll see how it plays out um if you guys like to follow me um on twitter uh my twitter handle is there goes joe with two e's at the end of joe um you can follow me there post random Saints updates, retweet uh, a lot of Saints news. And um, if you're ever ever interested in some baseball stuff, uh, I talk of baseball there a lot as well. So it would be awesome if you guys can give me a follow there. But before we do go, I just wanted to give Brendan a congratulations on uh, the Dancing Bulldogs winning another another awards. Huge accomplishment for him and his team. And uh, it's only up from here.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, Bottom of the mug productions to think that I started a production company In the middle of a pandemic, because I felt that with all of the talents and all the things that I've been able to do over the years, I've said that this can't all be used for just sports, right? If I could use these talents and these skills that I've learned over the years in sports media, if I could apply those other places to create content and be able to speak to people and potentially change their lives, uh, potentially save their lives... That's where I felt like I needed to go. And, I mean, Bottom of the Mug has been has been a huge success in my eyes. And uh, being able to be a part of that documentary and some awards has been awesome. Guys, go ahead and give Joe a follow on Twitter, like he said, at There Goes Joe with two E's. Joe, I'm going to be honest, uh, being in the Charlotte area, I got to watch a ton of those White Sox players come up through the system. Super talented group. Um, they're going to be my pick to go all the way and win the World Series I mean you look top to bottom and they weren't even completely healthy uh, this year with Eloy Jimenez coming back from injury from Luis Robert missing some time Um, you know I'm really high on Yohan Moncada, even though he hasn't had the greatest start in his Major League Baseball career Uh, he's got one of the prettiest and most underrated swings in baseball so I'm gonna take the Chicago White Sox you said they were a dark horse so that makes me feel a lot better Uh, But, guys, that's all the time we have for the Who Dat discussion today. Uh, Go ahead and make sure to hit that subscribe and follow button. If you have not already, we're going to have a week five preview for you later this week. Uh, But in the meantime, as always, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Who Dat discussion podcast.